0: Thank you very much to our band. You knew the moment. Can you give it up for our beautiful band? We'll get you up a little later on. And uh, in terms of marriage and intimacy, girls, we're going to talk about it at Activate. Activate. In three weeks' time, we're going to talk about it. I'm going to be talking about intimacy in marriage, girls. And uh, we've got breakout sessions at our um, Every Woman Conference. One of them is going to be on intimacy in marriage. One of them is going to be on um, activating the supernatural. And one of them is going to be on finding purpose with um, Gillian Cameron. So, ah, oh, there's so many reasons that you need to come to Activate Conference. Uh Buy a ticket for your mum, buy one for yourself, um, just give them away, sponsor somebody. If you're a male and you can't come to uh, every woman conference, then you can sponsor a woman to go to, or a young girl uh, from our senior high ages up, we're wanting to just like give the good stuff, Right? There's so many messages out in our world that is not good. And it's just all about self-doubt. It causes so much, the self-image to just get eroded. And there's so many messages about, it's all about you and how selfish you can be and how you can fulfill all your dreams. We want to bring a message of hope, a message of love, of faith that God is a good God and that He wants to bring the best in your life. So I would encourage you to come along, um, register for it. I Um, One of our mums last week talked about how she was set free of fear... In just one moment of prayer, she'd been struggling with fear, intense fear for six months. And just in one moment of prayer, it broke off her and she just stepped into freedom. I was talking to uh, someone else who came. They were from another church. They'd brought their sister. She hadn't been able to conceive a child and she got prayer for that. And she was just like, oh, I I started to hope again. And sure enough, she conceived a baby and gave birth a couple of months ago. So God is so good. Uh, He wants you there. All right. Our girls, he wants you there, so please come. So we're going to talk principles today. We're not going to talk the little specifics of family matters. We're going to talk broad stroke principles. So uh, I'm not sure if you know if you've ever had a child, uh, even if you're self-aware how inherently selfish we all are. <laughs> Did you know that? Uh, even from a small child to, who thinks the universe revolves around them, and I'm not sure they grow out of it even through their teens, uh, to adults who hear any news at all and think, How does this affect me? Right? It's true. We're inherently selfish. So, how are any of our relationships ever going to work? Well, I'm a daughter. I've got parents. I'm a sister. I'm a sister in law. I'm an auntie. I'm a niece. I'm a wife and I'm a mother. There's so many different relationships that we have and that's just family, just close family. You know, when I was 21 years old, I wanted a husband. I wasn't actually a wife at that point. I wanted a husband, not just any husband, this husband. I wanted this husband and so uh, John was actually living in a bachelor pad with the guys at the time and I was trying to bust a move. You've heard a few stories of how, you know, different sort of like ways I went around it. Well, one time I think I wrote a card saying thank you to the guys in the house. I think it was to the whole guys. I'm not sure if it was specifically to John, but I think it was all the guys in the house. One of them was my brother uh, who was living there in the bachelor pad as well. And um, I wrote at the bottom of the um, card a scripture, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and finds favor from the Lord. (laughs) Oh, just a little subtle, just a little subtle. Oh, come on. It was taking a while. I I had to be fairly like swift and pointed at that time. (laughs) But can I just say we've been married 23 years. (laughs) It worked roundabout. And we have... uh, (laughs) That worked, that that attempt. Uh, We have three children, uh, teenagers and 20 years old. And we were talking this week and my daughter who's 14, she said... You know, I was thinking, I'm a pretty good kid. And I was thinking, you must be pretty good parents. If I'm a good kid, you must be pretty good parents. So thank you. (laughs) I was like, oh, yeah, come on. That's what you hope for, right? That's what you hope those kids are just going to recognize it someday, But you have put a lot of effort into this, they're going to appreciate it. So um, that was a good moment. She is a good kid. Uh, I tell you what, the Bible is full of answers. It's full of promises, it's full of wisdom, it's full of goodness. We need the Bible. So let's talk principles. Our first principle we're going to talk about today's one, love never fails. Love never fails. It's a, it's a scripture in the Bible, and the word is truth. And I believe that, and I trust in the word of God. It is true. Sometimes your experiences may not feel like that at the time, but overall, the overarching principle is that love never fails. Some of you sitting there going, oh no, not the love message. Yes, the love message. How cute are those little kids? You know, when your kids are little, especially when they're sleeping oh, and you just look at them in bed and you're just like, aren't they the most beautiful angel? I just have so much love for you. Or when they have that moment where they just like put their squishy little hands on your cheeks and say, I love you so very, very much. That's that's that beautiful love that, that can flow. However, do I feel love when my little daughter spills bright red nail polish all over my quilt cover? Not not feeling it in that moment. Do I feel love when my five-year-old son pulls off all the fence palings off the uh, fence in between us and our neighbour and then when the neighbour says something about stopping doing that, swears at them? What about when the five-year-old goes into the guest room, makes it a club room with his mates and draws on every wall in permanent marker? Oh, not feeling the love stress not the love flowing that um you know the emojis that red seething emoji where the like the steam's coming out the top even that one where there's like expletives across the oh no 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 (laughs) okay what about let's talk about some stories here would you like a few stories what about when my husband (laughs) puts the wheelie bins in the back of my car and they're full of rubbish and they have juices, and he puts them lying down in the back of my car to take them to the tip. Oh, my gosh. Do you know the smell that comes from rubbish bins that have been like not the reason that they... (laughs) He's like, I'm I'm worried that you're going to throw me under the bus. He's like, next week, I'm talking about family matters. And then he realized it's Mother's Day, though. Oh, how can I do that to you? The tension, the tension. The reason the wheelie bins had to go in the back of the car was because they didn't get put out on bin day. So they're even worse and stinky and smelly. The juices that flowed through my car, that smell never left. It never, ever, ever left. We got professional cleaners, everything, sit in the sun, you know, and it just like, oh, emanates. All right, not feeling the love. However, (laughs) hey, it's like, it goes two ways. I asked him, do you have some of those moments that you remember when you weren't feeling the love of something? Oh, yeah, actually. <laughs> this was this morning on the drive to church. Uh, he's like, this is dangerous. I'm like, no, no, tell me, tell me. Okay, <laughs> I can't even believe this is a thing. But anyway, I can't remember it. <laughs> it was 1999. The footy game was on. It was a preliminary final with John's team Carlton versus Essendon. They weren't expected to be in the finals, let alone make the grand final. I wanted to have conversation. I wanted to talk, and I kept interrupting, and this was a huge moment of the, not only year, but because like, they weren't expect. can you understand, can you, you you're feeling it, they're feeling his pain, it's a thing, it's a thing, <laughs> and, and like, his team won, and I was there like, can we talk about this, can we talk about that, and it was like, okay, yeah, <laughs> only because I asked, only because I asked, all right. How about, does he feel loved when I do that? Does he feel loved when I do that? Does he feel loved when I get mad, when he doesn't do something that I need him to do, but he doesn't know he needs to do it because I haven't told him he needs to do it because I thought he would know that I needed him to do it without me telling him? (laughs) Does he (laughs) he feel the love? Don't pretend it doesn't happen in your household. (laughs) Okay, let's look at the Bible. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. You will know this as the love chapter. Okay, love is patient and kind. Kind and patient. Okay, so we're going to personalize it today. You're going to put your name in there. Or let's just say I. Okay. (laughs) Not your husband's name. <laughs> I am patient and kind. I am never jealous or boastful, proud or rude. I am not selfish or quick-tempered. I don't keep a record of wrongs that others do. Whoa. Like I here. We're talking I. We're not talking partner. We're not talking other people around. We're talking me. Me. I, I, wow, what a challenge. Who's got an elephant memory? Like, you know what I mean by elephant memory? You just, you remember things like from dozens of years ago, perhaps. (laughs) Some people have a great memory, but a terrible forgettery forgettery is a word. I actually looked it up in the dictionary. I thought, oh, you know, we talk about it, but it actually is a word. A forgettery, a terrible You remember what you should forget. You forget what you should remember. All those good things that your parents did for you. And you pick out a couple of those bad things. All those good things that they did for you. All that your partner has done for you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all your friends, you need, we need to go to work on our forgettery, develop a good forgettery, a forgettery, I mean, I have got a great forgettery when it comes to movies, I watch a movie, it's forgotten, can't remember it, can't even remember that I watched it, and then John will go, you know, oh, what should we watch, oh, what about that movie, we've seen it, really, when did we see it, what was it about, I can't remember, like, it's just a moment thing, I watch the movie, it's enjoyable, I forget it, it's moved on, so that's a, you know, the reason that I can actually remember all of those things about my children is because I wrote them down, I've got a journal, it's not because I actually remember them, I, at the time, I wanted to remember what it was like to be a young mum, and to be in the early years of marriage, and I remember, wanted to remember, you know, some stories, some illustrations, and to help me connect with what it was, like, largely, most of it, I've forgotten it. I can't remember words, actions, perceived intentions. You know how we, a lot of what happens is the way that we perceive it. And it wasn't even intended that way, but it's the way that we've perceived it. That is what developing a good forgettery is. Forget the things you should forget. Remember the things that you should remember. Now's a good time to mention forgiveness. Oh, Matthew 18, verse 21, it says, they're asking like, how many times should we forgive? How many times? Seven times. And Jesus is like 70 times seven. That's like, just go on and on and on and on and on forever. And you don't let the sun go down on your anger. So that's every day, 70 times seven every day. You know how many times that is? 490. Okay, so say we have 24 hours in a day, we sleep, you know, hopefully, we should, eight hours a night. Some of the mums are going, I wish, in my dreams. Just say, hypothetically, you slept eight hours a night, that you're left with 16 hours. 16 times uh, 60 minutes, let me just have a look, 960 minutes. So, if you're forgiving 490 times in 960 minutes. That's every two minutes. Every two minutes you're forgiving. You're just forgiving again. That's like pretty constant. Like the word, what Jesus is trying to say is just you're always doing it. You're always forgiving. There's nothing that you cannot forgive. Nothing. Every two minutes. You know, we can make inner vows. And I, I don't know if you've ever made inner vows. There's, there's just some things you can't forgive. You know, oh, if my husband ever did that, I'd never forgive him. You know, that's a vow. That's a vow. Nothing is unforgivable. Even for yourself, oh, I could never forgive myself if something happened to one of my children. Or I could never forgive myself if I did this or that or whatever. But you, you can and you need to. And you need to let go of some of those vows and some of you need to stop saying them. Stop saying them. Just don't even have it as part of your language. Just let that go Make forgiveness a habit. If we're forgiving every two minutes, that's a habit. You're developing a habit in your life of forgiveness. I'm a person who forgives. I'm a person who forgets. How do you forgive? Well, you make a decision. You just make a decision because you don't necessarily feel it. I used to have this like preconceived idea that I can't forgive anyone unless they've said sorry. Like I honestly, fully, 100% believed it. Unless they've said sorry, well, I don't forgive them. And then it, I realized, and through the Word of God and I, through teachings in church, it, it became just so obvious that I need to make a decision to forgive them, whether they've apologized or not. I need to make that choice. And, and, and sometimes it's very obvious who you need to forgive. It's just like, oh, straight away, you know there's a person. Other times you're like, God, who do I need to forgive? And you ask, and it's not as obvious, it's not in your face, but if you give God an opportunity a face will come before you, a word will come before you, Some something that's been said. It might be to teach you. You can't even remember their name, but they said it to you and it's stuck with you, and you need to make a choice to forgive them, to let that hurtfulness go because it, it, it releases from you. It's like a washing thing. You have to ask for God's help. You can't do it on your own. It's not like a just a, a decision that you make, I oh, forgive them, boom, It's all gone. I don't have malice towards them. I don't have hatred towards them. I don't have all these feelings towards them. You need God. You have to ask for God's help. So you make a decision to forgive. You ask for God's help and you repeat those things just over and over. You make a decision. You ask for God's help. You repeat. It's just a thing that you do. You ask for help from the Lord. Help me to see the good in people. You know, the good news is that Jesus forgives us. That's the good news. Like we're here because Jesus has forgiven us everything that we've ever done wrong. And some of you more than others, you know who you are. No, I'm not being judgmental. (laughs) Don't hit your neighbor. (laughs) We're all born sinners. Doesn't matter what level of sin, God needs to forgive us. And we are, if we ask Jesus into our life, we ask for forgiveness. He just brings it in a moment doesn't matter what we've done, doesn't matter what we've thought, doesn't matter what our intentions, God forgives us. And so we can forgive other people. And just the Lord's prayer, you know, the Lord's prayer, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, forgive us our transgressions, the old, old King James version, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And so we get forgiven as we forgive others. That's how the cycle works. It's funny, how, uh, I'm surprised, you know, even d- in developing this message, how much that God wanted me to focus on this, because I had like all this other message, these huge pages and pages of notes, and it just keeps coming back to that, because I know God, He wants you to get a revelation this morning of forgiveness, because I know, and He knows, that it will set you free. It'll set you free of the way that you think about yourself. It'll set you free even to receive the love of God. It'll set you free in your relationships, able to love again, able to trust again, able to just keep forgiving other things. There's so much freedom in forgiveness, so much freedom. Go with that today. And at the end of this service, we're going to pray and just pray that as we forgive people, that something will come off you just that that heaviness, that hurt will just break off of you, sense of freedom comes up inside of you. Oh, it's so worth it. I know there's some hurtful things, there's some harsh things, there's some evil things that have been done against people. I know there is, but the word of God is true. Love never fails, love never fails. And God calls us to forgive. He wants us to forgive. He knows how much good will do us and he wants to forgive us. But he he can only forgive us to the extent that we forgive others. Go on that journey with him. Make forgiveness a habit. Every day, every day, I come before God. Say, God, who today? Who today do I need to forgive? I just release forgiveness into my heart and towards people. You know, over time, that starts flowing into, oh, I I don't hate them as much anymore. Oh, I don't, you know, want them to die as much anymore. You know, like there's some pretty you know, vicious feelings that go on in, inside of you, again, don't just, you know, think it's just me, I know, like there's some like giggling, some uh, uh, these ones going on, because, I mean, there's one thing to forgive, and it's another to forget, and God, he helps us in our forgettery, he helps us so much. There's so many things in my growing up that I just can't remember anymore. I know there was things that hurt me. I know things that were said. I know things were done. I can't remember them anymore because I've, I've just made a decision to let them go. I've made a decision to let God just wash my memory of that sort of those memories. I don't want to remember them. There's things that have happened even recently. God can shift them out of your memory quickly. They can just, John was listening to a podcast last week and he's like, oh, he got challenged that he said something he shouldn't to me or didn't listen when I was talking. And he's like, oh, I remember that time last week. I couldn't even remember what it was that he'd done. Come on, there you go. He's just like, oh, don't worry about it then. It's all good. (laughs) Oh, we won't rehash it. (laughs) Oh, you get better at your forgettery. You get better at your um, forgiveness. You get better at it. It becomes a habit in your life. It just becomes how you do life. Something happens, I make a decision. I'll forgive them, God. You don't have to be best buddies with them forever, unless you're married to them and, you know, that's a different story. But, hey, some people, you just need to extend forgiveness towards them and just eventually you'll start praying, God, just release them to you. Eventually you'll get to the point where, God, I just pray you bless them. Just, you know, you start feeling sorry for them you know, in that sense of they did it out of so much pain in their heart and so much of the way that they've been raised and, you know, the shame and the condemnation that they lived under. Maybe it's a parent and you just start feeling sorry for them. And you're just like, God, I have compassion towards them now. I actually want you to touch them. I want you to feel them. I want you to bless them. And that's that whole process of forgiveness and forgetting that God is speaking to some people here this morning about, I know, I know that it's just something that he wants us to get a hold of as a church because family matters. We want to be in good relationship with our children, with our parents, with our siblings. You know, there's so much um, tension in families and so many estrangements uh, of things that have been done 40 years ago. I heard an um, a in-law's in-law that hadn't talked to their brother in 40 years because of something that happened. I just think, ah, oh, the pain, the loss, just the hurt, and but God can come in and touch you and, and release forgiveness and relationships can be restored. I believe that, absolutely. Hey, back to that scripture in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 6 now, there's still more about love and personalising it, okay? I rejoice in the truth, but not in evil. I am always supportive, loyal, hopeful, and trusting. This is such a challenge for us. We're not perfect. Nobody is perfect. But we can pray this over our lives, pray this over our family. It's the most uh, famous Bible passage about love that there is. And often you hear it at weddings, but it's not just for weddings and it's not just for marriages. Verse 8 says, love never fails. Love never fails. And I'll tell you why that is, because God is love and God never fails. God doesn't just have love. He is love. And what happens when we receive God into our lives? We receive the love of God. And that's how you can't do it without God, because you need His love. And there's so many situations and circumstances that you need love, and you don't feel it, but God is love. So you can actually tap into that love of God in your heart. We have God on the inside, therefore we have love. We can't do it on our own. We need him. 1 John 4 verse 19 says, we love because he first loved us. We can only love because he first loved us. God loves every single person here in this place, watching online, listening on podcasts. God loves you. God loves you. You can only love because God loved you first. And he brings that love into your life. It comes from him. Another scripture says, love your enemies. See, it's not just the nice people that we're called to love. It's not just the ones that are lovable. It's those ones that hurt us, the not nice ones, the ones that have wronged us. Love your enemies. That's when it's not possible without God. We need God. It's a choice that we make to believe the word of God. Another scripture says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I believe that. I believe that we can do all things through Christ. We can forget all things. We can forgive all things through Christ who strengthens us. Sometimes it's not just a moment of prayer. Sometimes it's not just um, a moment of standing on an altar like we'll do in a moment. Sometimes you need to experience more freedom. We have freedom courses, a groups that you can go to five or six weeks long where you're just unpacking this and really setting yourself free because of 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 your forgiveness. We're currently running a freedom group, but you can go online, you can send an email saying, I want prayer. I want to go to the next freedom group. That is going to be something that can help you, not just this month, but for the rest of your life. It can unlock something in yourself that can completely set you free. Love your kids, love your spouse, family does matter. Relationships, I know they're complex, but with God, we can do all things. And with honoring our parents was such a, a, a big issue. But the Bible, again, it says, Honor your parents. You will live long in the land. Not just the good parents, but the not so good ones. The ones that did the best that they could and how they knew how. Honor your parents, your children that have walked away from you, that you're estranged from, that have caused you pain, caused you hurt. The Bible says, God devises ways to bring us back when we've been separated from him. God devises ways to bring us back when we've been separated. And he's our heavenly father. And he's our parent. And as parents ourselves, he's devising ways to bring your children back to you when you've been separated. I believe that. I believe that he's devising ways. And if you partner with him in prayer, in prayer, and just keep praying, God... You devise ways. You think of ways to bring back my children to me when they've been separated the same way that he wants to bring back people to him, his children, when they've been separated. Can I ask the band to come up right now? Maybe you're here today and you don't have a relationship with God. And that's what this very scripture is talking about. You've been separated from him. God is devising ways to bring you back when you've been separated. Maybe you're here today, you don't even know, why am I here in this church? Maybe you've come before, but you just feel drawn to come back. Maybe a friend's invited you. That's God devising ways to bring you back to Him when you've been separated. And you might not be in that relationship with Him, but I'm telling you, you can you can be in relationship with him. You can pray a prayer that invites Jesus into your heart. And we're gonna do that in just a moment because I know God so much wants to be in relationship with you. I know the freedom that comes when you're in relationship with him. I know the peace that comes. I know the loves that comes. Can we close our eyes this morning just as we take a moment just so that we're not distracted by things around us are people. I want to give you that opportunity. If you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus today, I just want to ask you one question. Will you pray a prayer to invite Jesus to be your Lord? You can never be good enough. We've all done things that are wrong. The Bible calls it sin and it separates us from God. The Bible says not a single person on earth is always good and never sins. We are all born that way. We all need to be restored to a relationship with Jesus. If you're not in a relationship with him right now, will you pray a prayer to invite Jesus to be your Lord, to be right with him? When you give him your heart, your life, you begin a relationship with him. You're no longer separated. He fills you with peace, love, Forgiveness. It gives you hope, direction, freedom. Something lifts in your life. It's like the light comes in because you make a decision to invite Jesus into your heart. So, in a moment, I'm going to ask you if you're here this morning to raise your hand and say, Yes, that's me. I want to pray a prayer inviting Jesus to be my Lord. You've never done it before. Today's the first time that you're making that decision. In a moment, I'll ask you to raise your hand so I can lead you in a prayer. Or maybe you have done that before. You've asked him into your life. You've invited him to be your Lord. But for some reason, you know he's not there anymore. You're doing things your own way. You're feeling separated from him today. Would you respond to him and say, God, today I want to be restored to a relationship with you. Or maybe you're here, you're in church You're not 100% sure that if you died that you would go to heaven. Today I'm asking you, would you pray that prayer, inviting Jesus into your heart to be Lord together. So if that's you, those three things, you want that assurance of salvation, you want that restoration of relationship with God, or you want to pray that prayer for the first time to invite Jesus to be your Lord, would you put your hand up to say, yeah, that's me. I want to make a decision. I want to say, yes, I'll pray that prayer to invite Jesus to be my Lord, who is here this morning. Thank you. I see your hand. Awesome. Who else is here this morning saying, yeah, I want to pray that prayer, inviting Jesus to be my Lord. Just raise up your hand so we can acknowledge it, and then we can pray a prayer together. That's you today. You're not walking with him. You're not in relationship with him. God so loves you. He gave his son, Jesus Christ, a cross because he loves you and he wants to be in right relationship. He wants to forgive you. He wants to pour love into your life. He can't do that until you say yes. Until you say yes, I'll pray the prayer, inviting Jesus to be my Lord. Who else is here this morning? And you need to respond to him. You're feeling prompted. You're feeling your heart's pounding. You just think, oh, I don't know what it's all about. That's you. That's God. He's moving on you because he wants to be right with you. If, it, if that's anyone else here this morning, just as I'm looking across this congregation, would you just raise your hand so we can pray this prayer together? Just as I look around one last time, just place your hand in the air so we can pray together. Awesome. We'll keep your eyes closed. Together with this lady, we're going to pray this prayer, asking Jesus into your heart. Let's pray together. I'm going to speak the words. You're going to say them after me. Dear Father in heaven, I thank you for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for me. I'm sorry for all I've done. I ask for your forgiveness. Fill me with the power of God and your Holy Spirit. I renounce the devil and all his works. Thank you today that I am forgiven, that I'm set free that I'm born again, in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you.